We're going to be looking in the book of Hebrews and also in the book of Mark this morning. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3 and uh, Mark chapter 11. And we may also go over to Hebrews chapter 9 if you uh, have your Bibles or you um, want to look ahead or be prepared. If you're not using a paper one like this, it might not take you as long to get there as it does for paper people. Paper people. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we pray as we approach your word, Father, that you would open up, that you would unveil to us truths that you have in your word for us. Father, that we would honor your words and that we would receive your words. Father, to each, Father that each and every one of us would be the good ground that Jesus spoke of that we would hear the word and do the word. Father, we pray that your word would penetrate beyond the reasonings of our mind, that your word would be allowed to get to the center of our being and to our heart. Father, we thank you that just one word from you can change a situation, that just one word from you can change a nation, that just one word from you can really change all the world. So, Father, we approach your word with reverence, with humility, and with honor. We thank you for your word and for causing your word to come to us today. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead us, guide us, teach us, reveal to us what we need to see and what we need to know. We ask all of this in the name of of our Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ. And everyone said, amen. Well, uh, there's really nothing amazing that you're gonna get that's out beyond the word. You may think like, well, this is amazing and uh, I've gone out beyond the word and I used to hear Dad Hagen talk about that and I thought, no, nobody would ever say that. Nobody would ever say that. But you know what? People say that and people think that and they, they kind of get out beyond what the Bible says. And um, if you go to John chapter one and you find out in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God, well then it, it, it's kind of crazy to even think that you as a believer in God would want to go beyond the word because you're saying, I want to go beyond God. But some people want to do that because they get uh, in cahoots with the devil and that's what he wants to do, right? That's what he tried to do and you saw what happened to him. In the word you saw it, you know, but you didn't actually probably physically see it. <laughs> We're going to read uh, Hebrews chapter 3, verse 1. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus. Some translations say uh, high priest of our confession. Now, we did a quite extensive series on confession. Uh, it really means to say the same thing. And so, uh, you know, how can two walk together unless they're in agreement? Uh, because if I say, uh, let's go out the front door of the school and then let's walk and turn a left and go down to the Mosaic District and you say, no, 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 I don't agree. I think we should go out and we should go to the right. Well, then we're not walking together. I'm walking that way. You're walking that way. Well, 
if you're not gonna say the same thing that God says, how in the world are you expecting to get what he says? Because you can't be together, you can't walk together uh, unless you agree. And then Hebrews chapter three, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession or confession. The high priest of our saying the same thing or the high priest of our declaration. And so think of the current present day ministry of Jesus Christ. He is the high priest of what we say. In other words, he's taken what we say and declaring it in the courtroom of heaven. And so if he's the high priest of our confession, I don't know about you, but that makes me stop and think, what have I been saying? Because <laughs> you know, he's not gonna take something that's contrary to his word, to him, and uh, you know, declare that. And so if you want to have access to the Father and you wanna have access to all of the blessings that Christ's blood and his life paid for, then you need to be saying the same thing as what he said. And that's how faith works. Faith works, uh, it really comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And as soon as you hear it, as soon as you are awakened in your spirit to that, well, now you just, all you have to do is act on it. As soon as light and revelation comes. But what trips us up so many times is, do I have what's called head faith or do I have heart faith? In other words, is this just something that's reasoning or is this something that comes from my heart? Now, when I started to uh, learn about uh, the faith of God and trust in the Lord and seeing all of the promises that are in the New Testament and into the New Covenant that are part of the package, uh, my little mind liked to think about things and analyze things. And I would kind of like... Uh, put everything through the filter of the realm of reason. And so that makes it uh, increasingly difficult to act in faith because you're really just agreeing that it's true, but it doesn't affect your heart. And so if you want to receive from God, you really have to act from your heart. Remember Romans chapter 10? With the heart man believes, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation in that context. And so that's really the principle of what we believe. It's even, you know, the Bible is called in that same passage of Scripture, the word of faith, or you could say it, the word on faith. So it's the word of faith. And so this life that we live as a believer is a faith life because we come to God by faith, we receive from God by faith, we walk by faith and not by sight. And if you're going to walk by faith and not by sight, then you're going to have what the Bible promises that you have. But if you're going to walk by sight and not by faith, not by what you believe according to what God said, then you're only going to have what you can produce or what another person can produce. But if you want to have God's very best, you have to access it by faith. Mark 11, 23, 22 says, have faith in God. For verily I say to you that whosoever will say unto this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and will not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things that he says will come to pass, he'll have what? 
whatever he says. There's three Greek words for say right there. The first one is epo, the second one's lego, and the third one is epo. <clears throat> so I say to you, whosoever will epo, that's a command of faith. That's like a declaration, like sickness. I command this sickness to go in the name of Jesus. I epo this sickness. So I'm not just thinking it to leave. I am commanding it. Cast and see, don't doubt in his heart, but believe those things that he Legos will come to pass. Well, what is Lego? Well, think of my kids love Legos. And um, I don't know if they weren't this way when I was a kid. I don't think I really had that many Legos when I was a kid. But now, like Legos, you, it's not just like all the same shape pieces. Like they have these unique shapes. And they're really tiny and they're really easy to lose. I vacuum them up with a vacuum cleaner all the time. <laughs> when I'm feeling generous, I go into the bag and pull them out. <laughs> But if it was time to clean up and you didn't clean up, and then they might be in a vacuum cleaner. <clears throat> and, and then to the trash. But Legos, you get that box, and there's a picture on the outside, and then you open it up, and it looks nothing like the picture. And so, you know, it depends how much patience you have. But you have to block by block and piece by piece, you have to put it together, and then you build this. Well, this is what Jesus is talking about right here. It's really, you could call it a set systematic discourse. In other words, you're going to command this thing, and then you're going to systematically continue to say the same thing. Your set systematic discourse. So if it's concerning sickness, uh, uh, I declare that I am healed by the stripes of Jesus. Well, you're going to keep saying the same thing because you're in agreement with the word. You're declaring the word. Uh, that is your confession. And so you really build the road over which faith carries its mighty cargo with your confession. And so what you're going to say is going to create that reality in your life that you may see in the Word, and you say, okay, well, I, I see this concerning healing, maybe concerning the, the financial blessing of the Lord, maybe concerning mental freedom, maybe concerning a satisfying marriage. You say, well, I see that, but in the Bible, but I don't see that in my life. <laughs> I see that over here, but I don't see that over here. And you're like, okay, well, it says it in the Bible, so I'm just going to do it. And so you, you, you go out, and you're like, you know, I don't care how anybody treats me. I'm going to walk in love with them. And so sure enough, as soon as you decide to act on the word, remember we talked a little bit ago about the parable of the sower. The sower sows the word, right? We want to be the good ground. <laughs> and so as soon as the word's sown, what happens? <laughs> Well, the enemy comes and tries to steal that word away. So you're like, I'm going to, maybe you're having a, a discussion with your spouse. And uh, you're like, I'm just going to, I'm going to take the high road. I'm going to walk in love. And so you do it. And then, man, it's like, it's like they just totally reject everything you did and treat you worse. And you're like, oh, this doesn't work. Well, it works if you work it. These things don't come automatic. You have to act on the word, and it doesn't really matter what you see because you know it's in the word. It's like if someone comes and they say, I'd like someone to lay hands on me uh, for healing in my body. Well, if you pray for someone like that, the uh, best thing to do is ask them, what's going to happen when I lay hands on you? Because if they don't know in their heart, not their head, people say a lot of stuff from their head, if they don't know in their heart, well, the second that happens, I'm going to receive well, uh, then there's not a lot of use praying for them 
Um, you really need to, sometimes, I remember Dad Hagen would say this, and you hear it first, you're like, Does that, is that right? He said a lot of times we pray too quickly for people. In other words, it soothes our conscience and it soothes their conscience if we say, I'll just pray for you. But if they have no word of God to stand on for what they're doing, you're really wasting everybody's time. And that's not bad, really. I mean, it's not polite, I guess, to waste somebody's time. But the problem is you give people false uh, hope and false understanding because they think, well, this is, this is going to happen. You know, or they think, well, uh, you prayed for so-and-so and, and they were healed, so that, that's going to happen with me because of you. Well, you just misunderstood the whole scripture. You know, Faith uh, comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God by the words of God. So the word only becomes real to you when you confess it, when you declare it. That's when it actually becomes real. And the time when you really need to confess it is when it doesn't feel like that's the way things are going. <laughs> so um, <laughs> the Lord said to Pastor Mark Hankins one time, He's meditating on Mark 11, 23 and 24. And uh, the Lord said, every believer would have had it made if I had just added two words to that scripture. He shall have whatever he says in church. <laughs> Why? Well, because uh, in church, you know, a lot of times you're trying to put out the best front. But besides that, there is something called a corporate anointing and an atmosphere of faith. And do you know that you can actually access things in an atmosphere of faith where you can't otherwise? And so what happens is a lot of people, they'll come uh, to a service where people believe God, believe the move of the Spirit, and that, that the, Jesus is alive and is doing the same thing today that he did 2,000 years ago, and they'll act in faith, and as soon as they're out of that, Monday morning comes or Tuesday morning comes, and they're like, uh, well, what was I supposed to say? What was I supposed to do? What was this? Why? Well, because uh, there's a corporate atmosphere of, of belief. We are believers, and as soon as you're a believer, the default thing for you to do is believe. The default thing for a tigger to do is bounce. The default thing for a believer to do is believe. And so Evie is my little tigger. And so basically, since she was in Melody's womb, she has bounced. Like she used to do like arms, legs at the same time, you know, and Melody's belly would go like this all the time and I thought, that's like an active child, but she does the same thing today because somehow that's in her nature. So she just bounces. Well, what's in our nature as believers is to believe. It's really an anomaly. It's really a mistake. So when you see the word of God, but you see your situations contrary, your default programming from your spirit is to believe. But what happens is if you have not renewed your mind with what God says about a situation, you've got other things clouding up your mind. And so you respond to those other things. Why? Because your spirit through your mind controls your body. But if you haven't renewed your mind with the word of God, your, your mind through your brain in the realm of reason or maybe even your soulless realm, your emotions, your, your will your mind, that will make the decisions, and then that will control the body. 
It'll control the tongue. It'll control the course of your life. And so the faith life is to look in the word of God, find out what covers your situation and declare that. And I highly encourage you, especially when it seems like everything is the opposite. That's the time it's actually fun to act in faith. That's sometimes the hardest time, depending on how strong you have made your flesh. Because your flesh is like, uh, no, it's unknown. You don't know. You have to know. You know, if you don't know, you're not secure. And if you're not secure, everything's going to fall apart. And if it all falls apart, what's going to happen? Right? This is a strong pull. Strong pull. And um, the more you act in faith, the easier it is to continue to act in faith. But the less you act in faith, the easier it is to go back to the realm of reason. Because our flesh is real comfortable with reason. Because our flesh can figure that out. And not only that, our friends and our coworkers can understand that. And they can encourage us in that. And some well-meaning people can actually encourage you in the wrong direction. And so Jesus is the high priest of what we say. So he's taken what we say to the Father. And so we want to declare the word of God concerning our situation when you confess something with your mouth, it actually has a reaction on your spirit. When you confess the word of God, it actually does something on the inside. I don't know if you ever heard this phrase, but sometimes uh, you'll say something, and if it's by the spirit of God, you'll say, like, my spirit's kind of turning flips. You know, there's something happening on the inside of me. I'm being affected by this. Why? Well, that's, that's the Holy Ghost saying, yeah, that's right, that's right. Go that direction, say that. And sometimes you'll have that in the midst of circumstances that are exactly opposite. And protocols that say like it should be totally different. So there can be like professional protocol, like military protocol, or there can just be protocol of what uh, culture and society tells you that, um, you know, you have to worry in this situation and you have to fret in this situation and you have to figure out this situation where the word of God says casting all of your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. Amplified says, about you watchfully and for you affectionately. And so in the midst of the stress, in the midst of the worries, in the midst of all of the, the rush of thoughts and feelings and emotions, you can, in the very midst of that, be like Paul on the ship that's breaking to pieces and falling apart and say, wherefore, I believe God. It's going to be just the way he said. Do you know what he was doing? Jesus was the high priest of that confession. So Paul said, I believe, sirs, it's going to be just as God told me. Well, a lot of times the Lord tells people stuff, and then as long as things go smooth and easy, we continue to go that direction with our mouth, with our bodies. But the second, uh, the devil's the God of this world, the second he exerts some pressure in circumstances and situations, well, then we say, well, I guess it's not that way. The Bible never says to be led by circumstance and situations. It says uh, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. And so your circumstance may line up with the will of God, but it may not. 
And, uh, you know, it's not like, uh, uh, you know, you're just waiting for, well, as soon as this opportunity comes, then, then that, that must be the will of God. You know, that, that's got to be how it is. No, uh, as a believer, we are to be led by the Spirit of God. If Paul did that, he never would have gone on that missionary journey. You know, he was shipwrecked. He spent three days and nights uh, treading water. He was snake bitten. He had all of these problems. Not, not together, three separate times. <laughs> treading water. He had all of these problems, all of these issues that a lot of people would say he must have been out of the will of God. But he was not out of the will of God. He was in the will of God. So if he went by circumstance... He and Silas would have been in jail, and they, they would have said, well, he would have said, Silas, I guess we, mess, I guess we missed it. I guess we missed God because we're stuck in this jail. What are we going to do? We're probably going to die here. This is going to be the end of it. You know, I was called of God and supposed to go preach, and look, I'm stuck here. My feet are shackled. My hands are shackled. It stinks down here. It's, I'm freezing. It's cold. It's wet. It's nasty. I can't believe this happened to me. I must have made some kind of mistake. I obviously failed. I obviously can't hear from God. I obviously can't follow anything he's telling me. I'm obviously like a doofus. Well, what would have happened if he'd have said that? They might have had his tomb right there by the prison. But it says at midnight in the prison, uh, uh, Acts 16.25, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. So they did exactly opposite of what they felt like doing. Why? Wherefore, sirs, I believe God. Because they believed God. And so your circumstances, if you let circumstances rule you, well, then circumstances are going to rule you. But as a believer, you have a ticket to live beyond your circumstances. What does that mean? Like instantly you'll be translated? No, probably not. But what it means is in the midst of the circumstance, you rise above and you see clear and you have stability and strength that is out of this world. You have peace that other people can't understand. Why? My expectation is only on God. I have placed my expectation on him. My expectation is not on my wife. My expectation is not on my uh, friends. My expectation is not on my coworkers. My expectation is not on politicians. My expectation is only on him. You know, the, the, the reason I think he tells us to cast our cares on him, besides that he cares for us, is he, he cares for us and he wants to be able to do something in our situation. But as long as we're holding it and we're carrying it, we're holding it and we're carrying it. I'm saying some very profound things this morning. <laughs> what does that mean? Well, we need to release it. We need to take and, and cast our cares over on the Lord. And uh, the same way if I was carrying, uh, you know, doing some construction at the house, so if I was carrying, you know, like mortar bags are like 80 or 90 pounds. They're really heavy. Anyhow, so if I was carrying an 80 or 90 pound bag of mortar, if someone took that off me, I would certainly know it. I'd be like floating, you know. And um, that's more than half my weight, my goodness. Anyhow, you take those cares and you give them to someone else. And that someone else 
is your spouse. No. No. <laughs> that someone else should be the Lord Jesus. But sometimes that someone else is your spouse or is a friend or is a coworker. You know, because why? Well, we're relational and we want to interact with people and we want to be able to talk with people and have people understand, don't you understand what I'm going through? But the best person who understands the feeling that you're going through, that you're feeling, is the Lord Jesus Christ. I like, um, Pastor Mark says, somebody said, how are you feeling? He said, I'm feeling the same way that Jesus was feeling when he overcame this feeling. Get that? I'm feeling the same way Jesus was feeling when he overcame this feeling. In other words, he's touched with your feelings. He knows what it's like, but he actually overcame it. And he did it as a forerunner so that we could do the same. Because he made a path. He blazed a trail that we could go on the same path and the same trail. How? With the same spirit. In other words, he's not using different equipment or different tools than what he gave to us. Same rapport with God, same access to God. Why? Because it's through his blood. Because we come by the blood. We come through the blood. Glory to God. Wow, time just flies when you're having fun. But in order to access what we have been given through Jesus Christ, we have to act from our heart, an act of faith. So I'm gonna read a few things here of head faith versus heart faith. Head faith will bring us nothing. Head faith sees. Head faith understands. Head faith counts things as true. Head faith looks at its surroundings, looks at difficulties, looks at hindrances. Head faith is strong when the circumstances are favorable or good. Head faith grows weak and fails when the answer is delayed or held up. Head faith is real careful not to say something until it sees it. I'm not going to say I'm healed till I feel healed or till I can see that I'm healed. I'm not going to say that I'm financially blessed until I'm driving that nice car and living in that nice house. Well, you may never have that nice car then and may never live in that house. Uh, faith calls those things which be not as though they were. God calls those things which be not as though they were. Imagine if the Lord acted like we do sometimes. Well, I'm not going to call like uh, the earth existing because I don't see it. I'm not going to call that there's a sun to have a light the day and a moon to light the night because I don't see it. As soon as I see it, I'm going to say, oh, there's a sun that guards the day and, a, oh, look, there's a moon that guards the night. I mean, doesn't that seem crazy when we think about that? Yet our words, when we speak his words, are just as creative. And you think, well, maybe they're not just that creative. Let me tell you what, you can take words and destroy a relationship in one sentence. There is he that speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise is health. 
You can take words and you can bring health and medicine to a situation. A soft answer turns away wrath. And so uh, you'll find a lot of people uh, uh, kind of don't know how to turn down the heat in a situation. Well, a soft answer will turn down the heat in a situation. And uh, it's very pleasant. Head faith says, I trusted until I saw everything getting worse. (laughs) Head faith reasons about things. Head faith investigates to see how God is doing and how he's working on the situation. (laughs) God is the believer. I mean, excuse me, the performer. We are the believer. He's the one that performs your miracle. He's the one that does it, and you don't have to investigate like how he's going to do it. You just believe that he's doing it. So that no matter what happens in the situation, people will say, well, well, well how can you do that? How can you, plan to, how can you go on that missions trip? You don't have any money. Well, I, I asked the Lord for it. I know the money's coming. We claimed it. The money's coming. Well, yeah, but do you, do you have the money? Well, I'm not worried about that. The money's coming. You know, when you act in faith concerning finances, you know you'll have the money when you need it. Yeah. Head faith investigates to see how God is working. Head faith says, I'll know I have it when my senses tell me I have it. Head faith gives up easily. It's easily defeated. Uh, And it gets discouraged easily. Heart faith brings us everything that Jesus bought and paid for. Head faith laughs at impossibilities. I mean, excuse me, heart, thank you. Am I saying it all wrong? (laughs) Rewind. Heart faith brings us everything that Jesus promised us. Heart faith laughs at impossibilities. There's nothing quite like acting in faith when a situation in the natural is impossible, but you believe God. You're like, this is not possible. That, that, that's such a delight to live by faith because you get to see beyond what most people ever see. Most people don't, don't act in faith. Heart faith is just as strong when everything is against it because heart faith is not based on the circumstances. Uh, heart faith is not based on what it seems like, what it feels like, what it looks like. Heart faith is based on what God said. Heart faith says, I received when I prayed. Heart faith says, it is sure to appear soon. You know, uh, heart faith, which is Bible faith, always has a good report. It's always got something good. Doesn't matter how negative the situation looks, now negative the circumstances look, heart faith always trusts God and always believes God. Always is expecting God to come through. Like you can't, uh, that's why I say like it's the spirit of faith is like a basketball in a swimming pool. Because you put that, you try to keep that basketball under the water and no matter what you do, you may hold it for a second. You're like, I got it, I got it. All of a sudden, pops up, pops up, pops up. Well, when you're yielding to a spirit of faith, that's your attitude. You might be, woo, for a second, like somebody knocks you in the head. You're kind of like dazed and you're like, whoa. Well, I believe God. He always comes through. He's always on my side. He always leads me, guides me. It doesn't matter how many mistakes I make. doesn't matter how far I go. He's always right there leading me, guiding me, showing me the way. 
he's, he's on my side. I'm on his team. Heart faith clings to the word. Heart faith stands still and sees what to others is invisible. Remember Hebrews 11.1? 1? Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So your heart faith, when you're acting in heart faith, you see the unseen. And it's more real to you than the seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And so this morning, I don't want you to do it out loud, but I want each of us, you can play if you want, I want each of us to examine your faith and see whether it has been head faith or heart faith. You know, what's interesting is you can have faith in one area and not in another. What does that mean? Well, you're trusting God in this area, but you're not trusting God in that area. Many times that's because you have seen it in the word in that area or you've experienced his impossibilities becoming possibilities in an area. And, um, you know, just through different circumstances that you've experienced in life, you act believing him in this area, but you don't act believing him in this area. And if you're going to receive from God, the only way you're going to receive from him is by faith. My expectation is only on him. It's real easy to get your expectation, especially if it's concerning uh, financial things on people, like uh, my boss is going to give me the promotion or, um, you know, I'm applying for this other job and, uh, you know, that, that they got to listen to me, they got to do this. You know what? I just pray and I say, Lord, I ask for favor. I ask for direction first, and then I say, Lord, I ask for favor, your favor, supernatural favor in these situations that you lead me, that you guide me, that you show me the right way to go and the right steps to take, and that I don't follow uh, things that are a waste of time and not your plan for my life, but I walk in lockstep with you, that we walk together, and that I follow your plan for my life in every area. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So he, he would never design a plan for your life or for my life that didn't require us to live by faith and to act in faith. All it is is simply trusting what the Lord said above everything else. All the other voices, all the other thoughts, all of the other things that you figure out. In order to do that, you have to turn away from your self-confidence, turn away from uh, other people, other things, turn away from the world, and turn to the Lord Jesus Christ and grab hold of what he said about you by faith. There's nothing more sure, there's nothing more solid in the world than trusting God. Jesus said, lay hold of the faith of God, grab hold of the faith of God. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, Maybe you did know the Lord, but you walked away. I want to pray with you, and I want to pray for you. It's not about what you have done or what you could do, but it's about what Jesus did and who Jesus is. If that's you this morning, you'd like to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, just slip up your hand. I'd love to pray with you and pray for you. If you're here this morning and you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, the evidence of speaking in other tongues, 
really believing and speaking is the door to the supernatural. And if you want to experience the supernatural power of God in your life, give all of yourself over to the Holy Ghost. And you'll have him in his phone. If that's you this morning, you'd like to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, slip up your hand. I'd love to pray with you and for you. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you've given us your very faith by your word, that we access all of the blessings, all of the promises, the sweet freedom, the peace, the joy, the strength, the direction by faith in Jesus. I pray for each and every person that's here, each and every one that's listening. Father, that you give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation, that you'd flood the eyes of our understanding with light, that we would see and we would know your plan for our lives, that we would see and we would know what you have given us in Christ Jesus, and that you'd put a guard over our mouths, that you'll help us to speak the things that you, that you have promised and that you have given us in your word, and turn away from the strong pull to say, what the flesh wants to say and what the feelings want to say, that we walk out and we speak your words and live your life. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.